Welcome to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. the hockey show on espn 1000 with barstool chief i am pat boyle we're sponsored by the chicago wolves and chief we've got a couple giveaways from the wolves oh, a little bit later on in the show how you doing i'm doing i'm doing well teams win it what what could be better than that well yeah it just <laughs> kind of depends on how you look at it yeah I mean, uh, nice night in calgary big what four one final five five one. five one they look great they look great teams win it i love when the team wins at all four lines scored on thursday night yep Every forward had a point except Reese Johnson. He he contributed in other ways. He did. Yep. He did. Yeah. Definitely. Um and then we Jonathan Taze wasn't in the lineup. Yeah. And, and they've played well without Patty Kane in the mm-hmm. lineup. And then JT misses. Does did you think Are you trying to get at something here? No, I'm just I'm well it's <laughs> foreshadowing what we might be seeing <laughs> yeah. in the not too distant future. But uh, uh, do you think that was more a Calgary thing? Because I didn't think they showed up at all. I thought Calgary was a mess. Yeah, they were. They like were trying to get Daryl Sutter fired. That that's honestly how it looked. And I I was look. I, I'm not going to lie. I I am rooting for losses at this point, and I might have had a little wager on Calgary. So I saw I, that, yeah. I was angry. I was angry at Calgary during that game. Because, you know, they lost against the Hawks not that long ago in Chicago. And they, they played much better in that game. But they were disorganized in their own end. Saddle Dome was, you could, it was a crickets in there from the jump. So blame the Calgary fans, I guess, a little bit too. They, it, the whole game from Calgary's perspective was ugly. Uh, and I, I liked that the Hawks had, a, you know, the, they were a little sluggish, I would say, the first five minutes or so. And then they started to be like, hey, like, we're in this game. Let's go take it. And they did. And uh, and Calgary was a mess, and they you know Hawks capitalized on their chances. I thought it was basically an even game throughout, and they they cashed in more. So it was it was uh, it was ugly hockey, but you know every once in a while it's not bad to see a win. Yeah, and and how about Jackson Stauber, who's not exactly high on the organizational depth chart at goalie? This kid started two games, and uh, he's won them both. I've decided I'm going to learn his name. I, that's like you get two wins. And it's an interesting way to spell Jackson. Yeah, J A X S O N. It's like a millennial parent kind of name. It is, so, kind but of. he he's looked very serviceable. So you know, credit to him. And like you said, I mean, he's had kind of uh, not quite a Scott Darling path to the NHL, but you know, USHL, Minnesota high school hockey kid, found his way to Providence College. I think he's undrafted, signed as a free agent. So it's it's nice. I'm, uh, you know, how can you not like a story like that? And to get, uh, I think he was, what they say, the first goalie in 50 years? Yeah, to, since 1971 when his first two NHL stars, first Hawks goalie. For the Hawks, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, he's... He's looked. He's looked good. So again, like they're they're per- perpetually. That kind of surprises me, by the way, too. Cause it's like winning your first two starts on good teams. Like you're telling me, Anthony Niemi never. Like I, I craziness. Like, yeah, two. It's only two. Crawford. It's not yeah, like, Crawford walked I in. Mean, yeah, the, the Hawks in 2013 went 24 straight games without a loss in regulation. How did? Well, I guess because yeah. at that time Crawford and right, it was, probably was Emery, their, it was Emery Ray Emery, probably Razor, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's still. Two. Right. 
Yeah, how do you not get your first yeah. and his first two NHL stars? But he, it's not like he he hasn't looked out of place. We'll say no, that. he hasn't. He looks like he can be. I don't know about NHL, but definitely a professional goalie for for a while. So good for him. Happy for for Jackson. So it was funny because earlier in the week, Gary Bettman went on record about there's no tanking in the National Hockey okay, League. Okay, Gary. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, I will say he he tried to say more. There's no tanking for players and coaches, which is absolutely right. Yeah, I think we all know general managers is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. But I did find it funny that on Thursday night, Hawks, Ducks, and Coyotes all won by multiple goals. that's, That's one of those moments where it's like if I had a better brain, I would have been like Hawks, you know, Puck line, all those teams, parlay them, and then be on a beach somewhere yeah, right now. Like, because, Pat, I can't yeah. make it this Saturday. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm out. I'm sorry. And, but, yeah, there, I think and it's like it is still the NHL. I would also say it, it's starting to feel a little bit weird. Like, I, who's a good team in the NHL? Anybody? Like any, there's not a team that's like they're a wagon. Maybe Boston, yeah, but Boston for sure because they're and, they're putting up historic numbers right. and may end up. You know, with the most victories in right. NHL history and, and, and points. I, and I think it's because they have a culture and a and a group of guys that are like they are pros pros with Bergeron and and uh Marshawn and they and Charlie McAvoy has become a and they have guys that have this culture. They come up, they're professional, they play the right way every night. And the one time they threw a curveball at that group when they tried to sign the kid with a checkered pass. That Arizona had get him out that of here. thing was rectified 24 in twenty like, four hours. I think. Yeah, and yeah. it was done by the players. Yeah, it wasn't yep. like you know the players forced right. that. Like we have a culture here. Yeah, and uh, and we're going to protect it, and they did. So so Boston's awesome, um, but other than that, it's I, I and I watch. It's gotten to the point where I, I'm at the point of the calendar where football is really kind of over. Where I'm watching bits and pieces of basically every game every night. Uh, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't think anybody is, you know, I know Colorado's hurt. They got a lot of injured guys. And but, they're getting them back, some so, of them in season. So right, it's not so, like. Right, so they might they might reach that level. But right now, it, it feels like it's Boston and everybody else. So I like Dallas in the West. Uh, Dallas has looked strong. Vegas, when they're healthy, they, they seem like they're okay. But they, it, it's no, but like. But if there's you, no juggernauts. No, like you just, and like you like Dallas, but you're not like, whoa, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, you know? right, it's, right, not like, right. it's not like the 2013 Hawks, where it's like, you, they're, they're a buzzsaw every night. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a weird year for the NHL. So maybe it's, it's this time of year is when it's dog days where you can find some of those kind of tanking type teams. So quickly to just put a bow on our tanking conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Hawks with 34 points, they're the 31st ranked team. Columbus is still in last, although they've been on a heater. 3 6 yeah. and 1 is, is it's definitely a heater for them. Anaheim is a point better than the Blackhawks at 35. Arizona's at 37. And San Jose's at 38. So it's a four, it's a five team race. It's a race to the bottom. San Jose, yeah. Arizona, Anaheim, the Hawks, and Columbus. For the worst record. Yes. And I think we got to just, because somebody came at me last week after listening to the podcast, which you can get on the the uh, ESPN Chicago app, which we highly recommend. All mm-hmm. the shows are there, and it's real easy to uh, access. That's how my parents listen, actually. Oh, they, really? They have, so my par- if my parents can do it, Bill and Marianne that's, can do it. They're out hey, of town right now. That's a huge they'll, endorsement. Yeah, they'll be able, if, you, if they can do it, you can do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
basically someone's saying, like, pick a lane. Mm-hmm. Either you're okay with them winning or, you know, it's all tank all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, let me, you do you, you fan it up. Right. I'm like, I'm the one sitting in that studio watching this team every <laughs> yeah. GD night. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. I go, yeah. you know, <laughs> so like, I, you know, selfishly, I like something to talk about. Right. I mean, there's been some games, that Vancouver game. Ugh. I mean, what a, I, I mean, I should have just, we should have put a yeah. color bars and mm-hmm. test pattern up yeah. and just said, you know what? This one doesn't deserve a postgame. No, it, it was a type of game that was like, just run that ready-to-work commercial over and over and over. Just pretend you're in that dark bar and this whole TV is fuzzy. <laughs> you don't really have to see anything. So that, yeah, like it is it is nice every once in a while. And it's, I, I'm looking, I'm tr- it's why I was arguing kind of so hard for Reichel. It's just like, give me a little flavor, a little taste of something that I can look to the future on. And that's kind of where I am now. It's like, But as we talked last week... Do you want him in a meaningless game in Calgary on a Thursday night, or do you want him in a all-situation, meaningful game in the AHL trying to get his team to the postseason? Well, I think you can make an argument that you can go ahead and put Reichel in every situation at the, on this roster in the NHL level. And then I, Davidson had a quote that makes sense to me about, hey, like we want him to learn how to protect leads and uh, you know all this could yeah. be in a playoff, big games, whatever. I want him to learn how to wrestle a game back. Okay, and there's merit in that too, and there's going to be lots of opportunities to wrestle games back uh, when you're playing for this team and show that you know, like we talked about with Boston, like they have a culture where it's like they're accountable, they show up to play and win every night. They're never really out of a game because guys are like, I don't care that we're not we're down two nothing, we're not going to lose five to one. Okay, and, and I think that there's like, hey, Reichel, go out there and make a play right now, and and even if you end up losing five one, but if you're if you're working, you know, your butt off. 18, 20 minutes a night, I think there's merit and value in that as a learning development arc as well. And I think that's... And there's probably a way to do both, right? It's not like at the AHL level they're playing every other night like they do uh, in the NHL seemingly. I mean, maybe there's... You you pick pockets on the schedule like, all right, these three teams, whether you want the ability to have last change at home and Mm -hmm. really put them in all the situations you want and kind of spoon feed it, or if you're like, you know what? He, he needs some road work here. Let, let's see what it's like to go into a hostile barn and, and try to pull one out. Yeah, and, and if you look at guys from his draft class, and, you know, every player is different, but Anton Lundell down in Florida, they just threw him in the deep end. Like, he, you know, he's a load. He's a different type of guy. I know all that, but it's like, eventually it's like, can you play or not? Yeah. Is it kid gloves or not? And I think, you know, I, I'd like to see, and I feel the same way about Ian Mitchell too. And I think Mitchell's been pretty good the last six weeks or so. But it's like, ah, we're playing St. Louis, so they're a heavier team, so he's not playing tonight. And I think that's a very telling comment when you hear, like, Luke say that. Yeah. You know, he's said that now multiple times. Yeah. Like, we're keeping him out. It's a big physical team. You know what? The, the good teams in this league, they're big and physical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's a that's a pretty big indictment, I think, when you hear that. Or you could, I and again, there are moments last night, like Ian Mitchell's never going to be a guy who he's he's small, he's small, and he's yeah. you know like kid needs more milkshakes and maybe some more time in the weight room, but he's he's small and he's a little bit slight, but he he positions his body well, and he did so many times last night against Calgary. We shielded guys off the puck and want, want to, you know, it's almost like a soccer turn kind of thing where it's like you shield the puck and then you spin and go and, and win battles that way. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Duncan Keith is not a big guy. Like, you can you can be undersized. But, I mean, he had 
He's tremendous ex- bite. I mean, there was like he had his- bite, and he was a more explosive skater yes. than Mitchell. Mitchell's very smooth. I wouldn't describe him as like an ex- explosive athlete. But, but but paired with the right guy, I I think Ian can have a good career in the National Hockey League. I get for some reason that it it's not going to be here. That's just the sense. I mean, I, I know you're the president of his fan club. Yeah. I I love the guy. I, yeah. I, I, and it's a nice boy. I was hope I was hoping. You know, most of these guys are. Yeah. And I just you know reading the tea leaves. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that that it's the opportunity is going to be here. I, I think you're probably right, and they have you know they have a ton of defensive prospects coming, and and guys that have offensive ability like Korchinski, uh, you know, and I think they like Wyatt Kaiser, and they already have Seth Jones in that spot. So it's like Ian Mitchell ideally is probably a third pair right shot D that runs your second power play or is a or is a guy on the second power play. I'm not saying you have to run your power play through him, but that's would be his role. And I think it's probably, you know, that role might not be here uh long term. So yeah, his rookie contract is up I think this after this year. Yes yeah. it is. And so yeah, it would not surprise me if they dealt him uh and I th- but I still think he'll play another 8 years in this league. I, I do too. Yeah. I do too. I uh I saw Craig Button say something this week and I've heard it through a million different scouts and mm-hmm. coaches and GMs over the years. It's something to the effect, I've seen many prospects ruined because they've been fast-tracked to the NHL. Yep. I've never seen a player ruined because they spent too much time in the AHL. Yeah, I think I think that's there's definitely merit to that. There's definitely merit and to it, that. And in this town, where in our recent sample size, mm-hmm. there have been more rush jobs and failures and the gm that has taken over has witnessed that yeah and decided okay we've been making rights for the last 10 plus years we're gonna start making a left-hand turn yeah but uh, there's two sides to every coin and every 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 prospect different brandon sod threw him right in you know like he and he's also playing with two hall of famers true but like so he's insulated a little bit, but also there's responsibility that comes with that too. Yeah, and he's and he was he's a horse. He's a big he's a big boy, and and which Reichel's not and Mitchell's not. But like I do think that you could, I, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's I do. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think it's time for Reichel, but we'll we'll see. I'm sure after the deadline, uh, he'll get another taste and then probably send him back down for a playoff. All right, we got a great show coming up. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Kyle Davidson this week. Talk about Kane Taves approaching that trade deadline we'll get the latest from kyle davidson we got sharpie coming up at the bottom the of the handsome hour. one the handsome the handsomest it, yeah one i wonder if he gets tired of that maybe we'll ask him yeah I, well why would you <laughs> he's more than just a pretty face I, he's more I, than he can do more than I, just look pretty the quote of the year on esp 1000 as far as i was concerned came from barstool chief and you were doing a show with peggy kaczynski and you were talking about your uh, New Year's resolutions, and yours simply was to be less gross. It's not working. That's not working. I had <laughs> a lot To be less yeah. gross. Yeah, so, I mean, I got a Peloton. I'm actively trying to be less gross. I eat pretty healthy. I'm in a weight loss challenge with the, the 108 guys. They're a White Sox fan group. Uh, they, have a, they have a really funny podcast and website. And I recently, since I've gotten the Peloton, I've actually gained weight. And I'm eating maybe, well. Maybe it's muscle. I, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> that telling like yourself. the hockey legs are coming back. You know, you know when you really start uh, working yeah. out, the muscle weighs yeah. more than fat. All yeah, right, that's well, it. Where's this thing yeah. melting off? By the other, yeah. it's so cheap too. Like I, I do have the Peloton situation as yeah. well. But you like start getting on the instructors. 
Oh, and I you're heard. like, this guy's way too positive. Yeah. I need someone barking at me, telling me I'm gross. Right. Be less gross. Be le- pedal faster. I, I want, Be less gross. Well, it's like my it's it's heart cycle. It's it's heart cycle TM. It's my million dollar idea where we're basically just going to play the Herb Brooks from Miracle, where he's just being like, "You're not looking too good for that brunch right now. Like, get on the line. Like, do it again." And just insult me in between making me do hard stuff. And I think that that's the only so way. So who do you like? Who's your go-to instructor? I, I like that. Uh, Alex uh, Toussaint. He, okay, yeah. he told me to wipe that bleeping smile off my face. I'm like, first of all, I wasn't you. smiling. I yeah. was not smiling. But You're like, is there a camera in here? Yeah. <laughs> I think there actually he is. He can't see me. He might he? be able to. I think he might be able to. <laughs> but Because uh, I think there's cameras on Pelotons. No? I don't know. But he... <laughs> He that one that one like I was like all right like this is this is the guy for heart cycle he can be our coach all right more Peloton talk coming yep. up uh, we got Patrick Sharp at the bottom of the hour and we're giving away two four packs of tickets to the Chicago Wolves taking on their division rival the Iowa Wild on Feb- Friday February tenth it's the final three dollar beer night of the season. You don't want to miss out on that. Keep listening over the next few weeks for future games like Saturday February eighteenth. Star Wars night versus the Cleveland Monsters. And uh, on this night, it is... Oh, Rockford Ice Hogs. Oh, baby. It's superhero night. Special superhero night ticket packages are available at ChicagoWolves.com. So that's tonight. They return from a long road trip, and they're going to host Rockford at uh, Allstate Superhero Night. So right now... We're taking the third caller at 312-332-3776. You're getting one of those four packs of tickets to the Chicago Wolves taking on the Iowa Wild on Friday, February 10th. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We're coming right back after this. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. The, ho- the, ho- the Hockey Show. Pat Boyle hosts Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. We're back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Barstool Chief Pat Boyle with you every Saturday at 1 o'clock. By the way, for the hockey geeks out there, I know you know this. ESPN 1000 has a new voiceover person, mm-hmm. and you just heard her bring us in. Uh, do you know where you hear that voice each and every week? I believe that's Hockey Night in Canada. Hockey Night in Canada, baby. That's right. They, to find the talent, yeah. you, you got to find somebody that is connected to hockey. And now we've reeled her in, and she is now the new voiceover person it, here. It reminds me of that feeling when you were like playing in some tournament, like a Can-Am or something like that, and you got to play on like the Lake Placid Ice or play uh-huh. some big arena, a big college rink. You're like, man, I feel like kind of a, a boss right now. Like I might be actually awesome. Right? But it's like no, like you're just playing with the bells and whistles. <laughs> they just brought in, the, they just brought in all the bells and whistles, but you don't really deserve it. All right, so uh, you posed the question on social media uh, a couple days ago. Uh, guys you think could be an effective player somewhere on a future Blackhawks playoff team. Mm -hmm. On this current roster. On this current roster. So top of the list, Patrick Kane. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, keep going. Uh, He honestly didn't make your list. (laughs) Yeah, he was on the next trip. Uh, Khrushchev is in the leadoff spot. Radish is here as well. Sam Lafferty, Seth Jones, and of course your guy. My boy, Ian Ian Mitchell. Mitchell. 
Which we we already talked about that. If he has a future here or not, probably not. But the other the other four, I think, have, could be good players on good teams. And I, I think Kurashev is becoming a pretty good two way player with some offensive ability. Radish has looks like a pretty good hockey IQ. He's got nice size to him, good shot. Uh, not the fastest guy in the world, but that's okay. And if you could find me a, a third-line center to pl- play in between those, I think that could be a pretty good third line in the NHL. They're pro- they're playing probably over slot right now. Uh, Jones, I think, is a perfect probably second-pair uh, guy as you go along. Uh, go. Like on a good team, you think he's a three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I thought... A two on a good team, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll hang with you. Yeah, in, a, a, in, a, two two or a two or a three. I not, mean, like, not a in our if you're winning a cup, we'll say that. Like okay. that's to me that that's always the prism that I you want to be like one of the top four teams. Okay, right. like if and if you look at the top four teams around the league, I would say that Jones is typically the second or maybe third. Uh, best if you were to put him on that. Totally team. agree. So, and I love Seth Jones, and he's been on a, a roll since he's he was been in the All Star game. Yeah, he's been. I, I honestly think it was a little bit of just getting healthy, and I also don't think we've seen peak Seth Jones because we haven't seen the peak of anybody because this team is not very good. I think it's his quicker shot. Finally, yeah, he's not. It's it's just getting pucks to the net, and uh, I don't know. It seems like he's got. I think it's, I saw over his last back. ten yeah. games, he's, his uh, shooting percentage is twelve percent. Oh, that's pretty high. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty high. So it's probably going to come back down. <laughs> pretty a high bit. for a defense, but that's like a good number for like to break it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh, it's kind of high, but uh, but I and I love Seth Jones. I don't have any you know issues with that trade or anything. Uh, still at this point, I think he's a he'll be a foundational piece, a guy you can count on for twenty five plus minutes a night. Uh, so I I like him, but yeah, if you're winning a cup, you you I would hope that you would have uh, at least some guys as good as him. And and Lafferty, I don't know if he'll be here or any, if any of these guys will be here uh, when that. Uh, when I they would are. think Lafferty has some value up there. Maybe I'm no. I, I think there's a lot of teams who would line up and be like, "Yeah, we'll take him." And then you might be underwhelmed by the the offer, and then right. at that point, you're better off just keeping. Like if if you, uh, I've talked about this. Like before. like what would you like? Would you think at best a second round, but probably realistically a third round for him? Yeah, and if you're getting if you draft getting a third round, like why you, not just keep him, right? Right, because if you get a if you draft a guy in the third round, you are praying on your knees that that third round pick becomes as good as Sam Lafferty. Yeah, and it's just it's yeah. So you're just so it's like buying you're, time, really. You're, you're and, just kicking the can down the road right. with, and it's like well, it's like one in the hand is worth two in the bush kind of thing. So I I like Lafferty, but again, like on a on a really good team, you want him on the fourth line and not. You know, I mean, he's been getting some top six minutes uh, on this team at different junctures of the year, and that's just not him. Right. And it's and it's and it's not that's not a slight. Like he's a very good player, but he's just not. That's not what he is. So, but I like him. I I, I hope he's I hope he's here in, in two three years when this team is you know competitive again. So earlier in the week, had an opportunity to sit down with General Manager Kyle Davidson. He joined us on the pregame show on NBC Sports Chicago, and uh, uh, got right to it. You know, the the topic everybody wanted wants to get to is the future of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And, and we asked him, uh, you know, when he'll talk to 88-19 and their agent, Pat Brisson. Here's what Kyle had to say. Whether we're approaching the deadline or not, I think it's always healthy to, to have a pulse of your locker room and chat with your leadership group, no matter the circumstances. But I think we would plan on meeting the next couple of weeks here to get a sense of where everyone's at, 
you know, how they're feeling as we approach the deadline and then, uh, you know, constant communication with Pat and, you know, not only just on Patrick and Jonathan, but he's got a lot of clients. And so we're, we're always talking about how the guys are doing, how they're feeling. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously specifically on Patrick and Jonathan, we'll get, uh, we'll get in person with them shortly. Here's uh, Kyle Davidson on uh, what he expects to get from those talks with Pat Brisson, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves. It's just kind of honest dialogue where we see where we see the team, what our plan is, and what what we kind of want to uh, do moving forward, and and then get their thoughts on that, and get their thoughts on on what what they intend to do because they're they're in full control of of their destinies as as um, you know they've earned the right to to be, and so. Uh, you know, just want to get a sense of where they're at, what they think about the team, and 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 uh, what what their wishes are moving forward. So we'll get a better sense of that in uh, in short order. When we had Patrick and Jonathan Taves in the interviews on this show over the last two weeks, you and I, I, I won't speak for you, I got the sense that eight eighty eight nineteen were still thinking about this mm-hmm. and picturing the options and how they're going to fit and when they want to you know, uh, pull the trigger on that, how late they, you know, do you pick a team now that's won eight in a row and in the middle of the playoff hunt, but in late February they've fallen off and they're in in danger of making the playoffs? You know, so I kind of got the impression, especially from Taves, that, you know, he doesn't know what he wants, but he's, they both are prepared to leave. Well, and this is the thing where I, I'm starting to get a little annoyed with this because it's like, hey, uh, yeah, we're you know we're going to talk mid February again. Go down the street to Fifth Third or, or walk upstairs and just figure like, if I'm Jonathan Taves and I'm trying to decide what I want to do the rest of this year, I would want to say, hey, Kyle, I haven't decided if I want to leave at the deadline or not. But let's say I don't. Am I going to get it offered a contract? Because that might change the way I'm viewing how I, the next month or so if I, or in the rest of the season. Because if I'm not getting a contract in the summer, well, then I want I might as well just leave now. And, and that's that, the honest dialogue that needs to happen, right? How has it not happened yet? Yeah, that's I probably like, it probably sort of already has. Right, well, then then right then I would say just say that. Like what what is well you know, okay? So when we had the yeah. interview with Patrick Kane, that was two weeks ago. Yeah. And he said at one point in his answer, uh, I got to find out if if we are part of their plan. Right. So to me, at that point, it didn't seem like the message was sent to him that like, you know what? If you want to stay here, you'll always have. Yeah. We'll always have a stall for you. Right. And, and, And it could be then it becomes like, what's the term and what's the number? And maybe you don't agree on that. Okay, and that's fine. And, you know, the organization has to do their do the best but at some level you have to be able to look at somebody and just be like look at we we love you we want you here let's see if we can work out a deal or we love you do you want to go somewhere and and just like and just say what what you're thinking and keep it it should to me it's not like we're going to talk again in two weeks it feels like it should be like a weekly check-in uh and i don't know it's uh it's a it's bizarre and again like i'm not a general manager i'm not sitting in that seat i'm not taves or kane obviously but to me like i am like a very forward open communicator and it's just it seems like good business on the surface to be like here is everything that's on the table for you which way do you want to go all right so jeff merrick had a report on hockey night in canada last week where he said that patrick kane and jonathan taves were going to make their decision in Mm mid-february 
that that at that point they would decide which teams they would go to, mm-hmm. waive their no trade clause to accept the deal with, and that was kind of the timeline that Jeff put out there. And of course, he's not putting that out there out of thin air. So I asked uh, Kyle Davidson if his timeline matches the one that Merrick reported. We don't really have anything mapped out specifically. Uh, that that's for sure, but. Uh, it, logically, I think around that time would make sense. You, sure. you have to you have to give some buffer in the event uh, you know there there is interest in exploring what's out there, and so you've got to give yourself some time. and And I think that would be uh, you know uh, around the the period in which we would want to have an answer one way or another. Yeah. So it, it does sound like we've got another. And again, they're off for a week after they play tonight in Edmonton. Yep. Uh, they don't play again until a week from Tuesday. So we'll be well into February and probably a week to two weeks away from mm-hmm. deadline day. And I don't know what is going to change in a week or two. Do they not have Kyle's number? Do you want to facilitate that? Do you have Kyle's number? I, I, I don't. Okay. I do have Kyle's. Okay. Yes, I do. I mean, I just do. pass it along right. to, to Taves and Kane so that we can well, get... I got Kane's number, too. Yeah, I, just... I can make sure that everybody's got put, that. Put, do me a favor. Put us all four of us on a group chat, and we'll okay. get we'll get to the bottom of this. I will because do that. Because that, that, to me, is like, let's just work it out. Let's just work it out. And You've got more of a chance of having, having Alex Toussaint come to your condo <laughs> and and put you strap you into your Peloton yeah. and ride with you than I have well, setting you up. I just chain. need you to vouch for me. Just be like, right, he's all right. He's all right. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I and again, a little like, quirky. We, he's a, he's we, a we great guy. About, we talked about this too, where it's like the long breakup thing, where it's back and forth yeah. and back and forth. And I, I feel like that's where we are. Like, all right, just tell me, do we have a future or not? And, uh, and, and for Kane to not know at the time of that interview whether or not they want him for next year, it just seems impossible to me. And, 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 and borderline, I hate to say it, but disrespectful. Like if Queen has to be asking himself that, do they even want me? That's not good. That's not that's not what you want for your guy that's going to have a statue and has all the cups and has done everything for this organization, bringing back this uh, this city to being a hockey city again. Like he he did that, and I think you owe him a little bit. I, I don't I don't uh, disagree with you on that so front. But he, chat, he, he also he also <laughs> might he also might know and 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 yeah, just I be know. playing poker. Coy, yeah. uh, coming up next, Patrick Sharp joins the show. We're going to give a, another four pack of tickets away to the Chicago Wolves taking on their division rival, Iowa Wild. It's Friday, February 10th, final $3 beer night of the season. Be the third caller at 312-332-3776, and you are going to the Wolves game on February 10th. Patrick Sharp joins the party. How about February 10th and number 10? Coming up next on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief on the AM at 1000, on the FM at 100.3 HD2, on your phone through the ESPN Chicago app. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Blackhawks taking on the Oilers tonight. 9 o'clock face-off on NBC Sports Chicago. They'll be in the house that 
McJesus built. Connor McDavid get to see his unbelievable talent on display. Chris Bosters will be on the call along with uh, our next guest on the hockey show, the one and only three-time Stanley Cup champion, Patrick Sharp. Sharpie, how you doing today? I'm doing good. What an intro. I like your guys' uh, sound effects and tunes. It's um, Try to get some Pearl Jam time. for you, but it wasn't in rotation yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick to the hip-hop. That's okay. All good. We're here in uh, in Edmonton. I played my last year. This building was just popping up, and uh, the area around the building was unfinished. So a couple of years later, I'm back, and uh, there's a lot going on here in Edmonton in the Ice District. It's kind of fun to be here. I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is snowing, and I think it's like just about zero degrees uh, right now. And um, I haven't left the hotel room yeah, all so day. It but looks I gotta get fun there from your school. hotel room. It looks nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, outside the window, it looks fun for somebody. Okay, all right. Well, great. Uh, and you're you're the road warrior. You're you're just the guy they call up for the road trips, huh? I guess. I guess. I mean, I've done a few games at the United Center, but. When I looked at the schedule and uh, and talked with with my bosses at the at the Hawks, I kind of chose the games that worked out best. And I got my brother out here in Calgary, so oh, nice. worked out good that I could jump on the Vancouver Calgary Edmonton trip, see some family, saw Brent Seabrook in Vancouver, and uh, be able to call some Hawks games while we're doing it. Little known fact: you when you were named uh, MVP of the All Star Game. You got a car, right? And, That's right? and you gave it to your brother, right? Well, somebody got the car. Somebody. I gave it to uh I gave it to my bro and um and he gave it to his wife and then they got divorced uh, shortly after that. So I'm not really sure what happened to the season. Wasn't a good car. <laughs> Sorry, I opened up that can yeah. there. Uh what did you make of uh the the effort the other night in Calgary? I I thought it was uh one of their better games of the season. And it looked like they raised their game. And I know Johnny was out with a non-COVID-related illness. We saw the team kind of step up when Patrick was dealing with some stuff a couple weeks ago. Uh, is that a natural tendency, you think, for, for a team to try to raise their game collectively when uh, one or or two of their leaders are is out of the lineup? It sure seems like it. Didn't they rattle off three games yeah. in a row with Kaner out of the lineup, right? And, um, I mean, I had to score... Almost right last night, I thought it was going to be five two uh, for Calgary. Ended up being five one for the for the good guys. So, you know, I was completely wrong on how the game was going to turn out. But uh, Chris and I were doing it in the first period, and we were kind of looking at each other like uh, the fans are just sitting there, haven't made a sound the whole first period. Uh, the Flames were not playing very good, and I think the Hawks played a strong game the way that they need to play with the group that they have. They played very simple. Um, I wonder how much Johnny being out of the lineup hurts and then the youngster Jackson Stopper just getting a second start. I mean, they protected him pretty well. There's a, a lot of shots, but you know, I, I can't think of too many really dangerous prime scoring chances that the Hawks gave up. So it was fun to watch some, uh, some well-balanced scoring. I think every forward had a point with the exception of, of Reese Johnson. And he was in front of the net for one of the goals and, and played well, uh, in an area that he grew up in. So it was a fun game. It's always way more fun traveling with the team after a win. Uh, I know I've kind of separated myself from the wins and losses a little bit, but I still get pumped when the Hawks win and see some smiles on these guys' faces getting on and off the plane because 
it's a grind, and, and when you're losing and, and maybe not scoring as much as we'd like, it's, uh, it can wear on you. But guys seem to be pretty happy yesterday. Yeah, it, it was. It, it is nice to get a win every once in a while. Obviously, the the big news and every, the thing everybody talked about was 1988 and when they're departing and all that. Do you kind of talk to them and be like, "Hey, it's not that good to leave." <laughs> I'm trying to sell them on Chicago. Yeah. Tell them things about the city that they don't know yet. Right. Um, I, I honestly, Chief, I haven't asked them a question about their situations all season long, and and I really don't plan on doing it. It's uh, it's kind of weighing over my head when I watch the team like it's uh, the biggest news that's probably going to happen all season if it does happen and uh, I'm just kind of staying out of it I'm listening to the reports and following the season and you know we'll deal with that when we deal with it but a lot of people ask me because I'm around the team and I played a few years with those guys but uh, trust me I got no inside information on what they're thinking or which direction they're leaning, but uh, that'll be that'll be some to talk about if and when it does happen. Well, what was it like when you left? Did it, did you feel like, man, like I, this is not what I envisioned, and and Chicago is, I don't know, maybe give you a fresh perspective on uh, what it's like to be in the league at, on one of these other teams. Well, when I went to Dallas, um, it was great, but I, I got to blame myself for those two years that I was there. I was just wasn't really in probably the best mindset to be there. I was 35 years old. My career was winding down. Uh, we had just started a family, had two kids, won our third Stanley Cup in Chicago. I didn't really want to pick up and leave. And I had roots in the city. I loved it there and planned on living there uh, as I got older. So it was it was a tough two years being away, but there was a lot to offer in Dallas. When I look back on it, we had a, a great group of guys. Our team was awesome the first year. We got hit with a bunch of injuries year two, but you know it's uh, there's a lot of great places to play. But I can't speak for for Taser and Kane, but I know they love the Hawks and they love the city and them more than anybody that was on those great teams. I mean, they've been there since day one and been the the face of the group for for as long as they've been there. So it's uh, it's a lot to take in your own individual situation, and I had heard. I knew the situation in 2015 that just like 2013 and 2010, after the season, there was going to be some, some cap restraints, a little different situation than this, but it, it weighed on me a little bit in 2015. And, and um, you know, I just, I wonder how, how those guys are dealing with it every day. We were in Calgary uh, last game and uh, saw that they were getting grilled by the Canadian media at ans- answering all kinds of questions on it. So, you know, it is what it is, but uh, it's still fun to see them playing now. I mean, Tanner had a pretty strong game. Oh, his was game was awesome. Playing. He was great. Wasn't it great? Like, yeah. making those little nuanced plays that we've uh, come to love him make. I mean, players don't seem to do that a whole lot, but a couple great backhand passes and brings back to some great memories of watching him do his thing. Three-time Stanley Cup champion Patrick Sharp joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I'm Pat Boyle. So, Sharp, you'll be behind the mic with Vosters tonight, NBC Sports Chicago, pregame at 8.30. It was weird seeing you in green in Dallas. It was weird seeing Duncan Keith in the oil can sweater. Um, but that's reality. This is a business. And I said it to Chelios the other night on, on the pregame show. You can always come back. He proved that, right, with the way he left here, went to Detroit, won Cups. You can always come back to the organization and be accepted. Do you look at your decision to come back for that final year 
uh, with the Blackhawks to end your career in that jersey as one of the best decisions you made in your career? Yeah, it meant a lot to me personally. I think it was uh, that was the year that Corey um, was injured at Christmas time and didn't play the second half of the year. And, and then we lost him as our starting goaltender of the year. Kind of went downhill, but personally it was fun to be back with the guys. And Haas was gone. Nick was uh, in Arizona, I believe. So it wasn't quite the same, but uh, I enjoyed the year. And, and you go to the United Center, you see legacy nights and jerseys retired and all that stuff. And I got a chance to live that in real time. My final game at the United Center was great. There was like a standing ovation and waving to the crowd. I couldn't believe it. It was like a great way to, to cap it all off. And I just know personally at that time, um, I was just running out of gas physically, mentally. I was kind of over the grind of playing and um, wasn't at my best that final year. But um, to finish with the Blackhawks jersey on was, was special to me and I look back on how it all ended. It was uh, where I wanted to be. And then, of course, going right into the broadcasting the following year with the team. So it was all good. And, you know, we see a bunch of guys leave and come back. And I know that when I became a UFA, Chicago was a spot that I wanted to, to end up in for sure. It, do guys embrace the uh, the mentor role? It seems like you kind of took to bring it that year, his rookie year, under, under your wing. Is that something that's attractive to older players? Is it more of like... Uh... Like, I guess this is my role now kind of thing. Like, you do it begrudgingly. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's pretty much it, Chief. It's like, uh, I guess I'm the old guy now. I got uh, to take some youngster here and teach him a few things. But, you know, Alex was, was very nice to say that a few times um, publicly, that, that I helped him a little bit that first year for him. But I don't even really remember doing much to him. I just liked him right away in training camp. I knew he was uh, a kid that cared a ton about hockey. Um there were some doubts about his size, just like there is with every kid that, that's that size. But he was awesome in training camp. Uh, we were put on a line together in game one against Pittsburgh. Remember, we slapped Pittsburgh around that game, like mm-hmm. 10-1 or something yep. like mm-hmm. that. And the Brinkett got an assist, and then he scored in Montreal a couple games later. Um, I like the fact that he loves hockey, and uh, he wanted to be the best that he could be. still does. So he was an easy guy to kind of chum up with and hang around, but... I didn't really look at myself as a as a mentor. I was still too worried, Chief, about scoring goals. That that wasn't happening. You and uh, Bursch used to have some fun playing pranks on uh, Kane and Taves back in the day. Uh, now you've taken uh, Chris Vosters under your arm. I, I liked your chirp the other day about him uh, being a little late for the for the team bus as a rookie broadcaster. Can't have that happening. He's getting the what for lately. Jeez. I mean, this guy, Fosters, you'd think that he was Kane or Tate's. Like, why doesn't he just go sit at the back of the plane or, you know, start playing at the card table on the bus? I mean, this guy walks around missing bus times and uh, he hasn't been late to anything, but boy, he's living in his own world. So, you know, thought maybe uh, play the veteran role a little bit, slap him around on on TV, but he's uh, he's having fun and uh, I know he's new to hockey and He's getting started with the Hawks as well, but I think he calls a good game and uh, he's learning a ton, asks a lot of questions, and 
He's, he's a fun guy to be around. Nothing really seems to bother him, and he's starting to make me laugh more and more <laughs> when I'm with him. So, you know, I'm looking forward to doing more games with Chris and uh, and kind of building that chemistry, and hopefully we can sound better on the air. Well, it's definitely been building, and you guys are having some fun, which it, that's, it's always uh, nice on the viewer's side when, when you hear two people <laughs> laughing. Hey, thanks for doing this, Sharpie. We will uh, we'll talk to you on TV later tonight in Edmonton, okay? Sounds good, guys, and we'll see you when we get back to Chicago. That's Patrick Sharp joining us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Back to wrap things up after this. You're listening to The the, the Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. On the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone. Through the ESPN Chicago app. the hockey show on espn 1000 thanks to patrick sharp for joining us on the show thanks to our producer kendra smith thanks for calling in and uh, winning those chicago wolves tickets to take on iowa wild on february 10th uh tonight we get to see Connor mcdavid if i said to don't you blink. don't blink yeah no i, mean, I know he's he's unbelievable he's made every d-man look Silly at times. There's never been anybody like him. He's the the fastest. He might be the most dominant athlete in all sports. Is he being wasted the most? As far I mean, Mike Trout, you could say, has been wasted in in Anaheim. Yeah. But I, like the the Mike Trout thing, certainly. But I do think it's you know Connor McDavid's still going to play 22 minutes a night. Mike Trout's going to field four or five balls, maybe, and then have four or five at bats. It's not exactly like McDavid is a, a bigger waste if you if you ask me, and it's it's a shame because they made they made a little run last year. Uh, they ran into Colorado, who's just a much better, deeper team. But he has done every time that he's been in the playoffs. He's done his part. Even that bubble series against the Hawks, he would have three points a game, it felt like, and then it just still wasn't enough. I don't enough. know how they didn't win that series. I, I, I mean, you're, you're playing, and maybe the pressure playing in Edmonton. I mean, obviously the bubble's a whole weird it was thing weird. Yeah. Uh, to begin with. But uh, all right, uh, prediction final score tonight. You uh, you were a little off on Thursday. Yeah, I was. And you've had some. You've had some issues. Hopefully, your your washer and dryers yeah, rectified. Been... Ho- hopefully, you and Alex have a nice ride. Yeah, and he's saying the right things to you through the magic get me, of get that me bike. Motivated. Yep. And yeah, so I I think uh, you know, look, you, you got to go back to the well. <laughs> I think it's you're on a road trip. You're playing against McDavid. Sometimes he just decides I'm going to win the game by myself, and he can. And, and there's nobody that can stop him. Certainly not. Not Chicago. So I think we're going to be, it's one of those things where it's like, when you have a player like that and you have an opportunity to watch him, you should watch greatness. And you should watch, tune in tonight to watch Connor McDavid. And then hopefully you have a, a few surprises by the Blackhawks too. And hopefully you tune in at 8.30 for the pregame show with uh, Kaylee Chelios, Colby Cohen, and myself on NBC Sports Chicago. Chief, mm-hmm. I won't see you next week because uh, I'm going to be in Mexico. <laughs> Good but, for you. But, uh, I guess I'll just do this by myself. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm glad I'm telling you this on the air. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, we're finally on a little bit of a bye. I okay. Think we, we, I need a little break. All right. I need a little break. So, uh, an hour we, a week is just too much. It's just too much. No, I need a break from watching this hockey <laughs> okay, team for right. a little bit and talking about the yeah. 19 and yeah. the trade deadline. All mm-hmm. that. We'll do that. You'll do that next week. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Hockey Show. White Sox Weekly is coming your way next. 
Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone through the ESPN.